Green Mountain Dental has a long-standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing. You know, just very friendly and family oriented. It's just very comfortable to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans have the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. It's Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks And welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast on a weekday in the middle of December. I'm your host, Adrian Dater. Very special podcast today. Something I've actually been wanting to do for a little while now, but being the absolute lazy procrastinator, complete guy who can't get his act together on a lot of things like that, compartmentalize things and get things done. Uh, yeah, well, it, it wouldn't happen till today, but it is happening today. Very special guest on the BSN Avalanche podcast. You know the voice, but you're going to get to know the man a little better today. My special guest today, the voice of the Avalanche, the voice of the former voice of the Colorado Rockies, former voice of the Denver Broncos, voice of the Minnesota Vikings, voice of Super Bowls, World Cups, hockey and soccer. <laughs> it's... Just about anything you can name now, this man is the voice of, but you know him and love him as really, more, we're going to talk more about this, obviously, the voice of the Avalanche for a lot of years now, Alan Roach. Welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast, Alan. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Adrian. And I'm a lazy procrastinator, too, so I'm not really sure how this at all happened today. It was spur of the moment. That's probably what I think is works best for you guys like you and me, right? Catch you at the right moment. Yep. You got an hour free. That's how this came together. I only asked you last night. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> People say that all the time. They're like, hey, let's go out to lunch. And, and you know, <laughs> three months later, you see it again. Hey, let's go. I just, you got to call me. Tell yep. me a day. Yep. And we're going to do it. That's, that's the way it works. That's how it works with me, too. So, really, thank you for joining me uh, and us. We're, our listeners are thrilled about this. I have a lot of questions from them. But, uh. Alan, uh, 
How are you doing, first of all? Uh, you are, uh, you're a busy man, first of all. Uh, let's get that out of the way, first of all. How many current gigs do you have right now in your line of work? You are a, a longtime PA announcer. You've done radio. You've done a lot of stuff. But what are you doing specifically right now? Well, well, give me all your gigs. I know you have a lot. Yeah, and right now is traditionally the busiest time of the year for me because I got two sports going with uh, the Avalanche, of course, and, and the Avalanche hardly had any home games yet this season. Now we're going to start getting into where there's you know 15 games in a month uh, and then fly into Minnesota on weekends and, and doing the Vikings games when they're at home. <clears throat> that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but... You know, a, a trip to Minnesota takes two or three days, and if there's two Avalanche games in a week, I mean, suddenly I'm, you know, five or six days a week, I'm, I'm announcing something somewhere. Yeah. But you, you do other work, too. Maybe. I do. I, I don't do radio anymore after leaving KOA in the summer of, what was that, 2015, 2015 I guess. right? You left KOA, uh, you were there for a while. And that was, you know, that was bittersweet. First, that was, yeah. you know, that was a good gig. That that paid good money, and, yeah. and I didn't have to work a whole lot. Got up early in the morning, but I was done at 9 a.m. But by not doing radio anymore and not having that uh, commitment, it allowed me to do a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm. And that included the Summer Olympics in Rio in 2016. I would have not been able to do that Um the Confederations Cup and World Cup in Russia the last two summers wouldn't have been able to do those things because when I was working with KOA, I would have to take vacation time to go announce the Pro Bowl and go announce Ooh. the Super Bowl. And the, every four years when there was a Winter Olympics, I made a deal with KOA where they allowed me to do that. But I didn't have any more time off, so I couldn't chase some of these really cool jobs that I've done over the last three years. And, Ooh. you know, people ask me, what's What's one of the, uh, one thing that you'd like to announce you never have? My answer was always World Cup soccer. Yeah. And now uh, I did that in uh, in June and July of 2018, and uh, what a great experience. I bet. All right. Well, uh, you get a, you do a, you do private voiceover work too. I, I just I, I mean I hear you all the time on ads. Yeah. Uh, and I you know I I chase that a little bit. I've I've never cracked the big voiceover movie guy thing or the Ford commercials or Chevy commercials. That's a that's a that's a very difficult business to get into. It's a very small group of people that do it. And honestly, because of what I do with my voice at sporting events, that doesn't translate to mm. commercials. Mm-hmm. I have to learn a totally different way to use my voice. I've taken mm. some classes. Frankly, mm. I'm not good at it. Mm. So I chase what I can get, and I get uh, local things. Johnson Auto Plaza, I've done their commercials yes. for 20 years. I can just hear uh, it now. Lazy Days RV, which used to be RV America. They're all over the country now. I get to do those. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, man, I, I announce Avalanche fans' weddings. Yes. When the when the groomsmen and all that come walking <laughs> into the... I've recorded, you know, the Avalanche song, the Dick Dale scalped, and announced <laughs> the, the names over the top. I've done a lot of that stuff. I bet. Man, all right. Well, let's let's start from the beginning here. The, the Allen Roach story. You're, you were born in Brainerd, Minnesota. You're a Minnesotan. Yep. So. Minnesota. Uh, I read an article. I've done some research on you now. Uh, now Can't I, always believe everything you read. <laughs> I know. Well, I've there's been some misconceptions about you that we'll get. I into, like but, the mystery. Yeah, I know you seem to be a little bit of a mystery <laughs> man too. That's which is surprising. Anyway, Brainerd, Minnesota. You're a Minnesota kid. You love Minnesota. Um, you're 
is there a recording of your voice before it changed where you were and I read that you you were you were mistaken for your mother when you answered yeah. the phone as a kid and then after 15 you're mistaken for your father <laughs> is there recordings of you when you had a really high voice I mean what was your voice like as a it, kid if there was I've destroyed all of those okay <laughs> um, I did just uh, about a year ago I had a whole bunch of reel to reel tapes in the attic which I hauled down out of the attic and, and put on a reel-to-reel machine and put them on digital so I could save them. And it was my first years in radio, which would have been high school in Minnesota, 82, 83. Yeah, you started in high school in radio. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it didn't sound that different. <laughs> I was I thought it would sound a lot different. It didn't sound that different. I've learned how to, you know, do something with my voice, yeah. whatever it is. But it's kind of always been the same. When did it... Did it just change one day and you woke up with this bat? It's, it's that it story really, that I tell that, that you just said about my mom. I, I used to answer the phone as a kid. This was when the phone was on the wall with right. a cord. <laughs> yeah. I would answer Rotary. the phone and say hello, and they'd say, hi, Phyllis. And my mom had a beautiful <laughs> woman's voice. And I was just always so frustrated. Why do they think I'm a woman? And I don't know when it changed or if it happened overnight or over a period of time, but it stopped. <laughs> Amazing to statement of this podcast is that you were ever thought of as a woman. <laughs> you not, that has definitely changed. You do not get mistaken for a no. woman anymore. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, so your voice changed. When did you know right away? Did you know right away that this could be a, a, a weapon of mine? This is a, this is my meal ticket. I mean, when did that start? It was in, in high school. Yeah. It was uh, sophomore in high school. We had to go to a radio station, the only radio station in Brainerd, Minnesota and record parts of, I think it was JFK's speech. Hmm. Uh, must have been something for Veterans Day or something like that. It was part of a class, so we all went to the radio station. Everybody took turns recording 30 seconds of the speech. When I went in the studio and recorded and then walked out, the owner of the radio station was like, Hey, who are you? What do you? Would you like to work here? <laughs> and so I started, I started working there as a sophomore in high school. Unbelievable. Started out by running just Twins games on the network, you know, Playing the commercials in the in during the half inning, sitting in a room all so by you're a myself. Board operator. Board operator, okay. exactly. Did that for three months. Then there was a rainout one day mm. at a Twins game, and they said, "Okay, our network broadcast is over. We send it back to the local stations." <laughs> My eyes were this big. And <laughs> what do I do now? I called the boss. He said, "Well, you see all the records there. Just start playing some." <laughs> so okay. <laughs> so you were a high school sophomore playing DJ yeah. records on. Yeah. How did kids, you must have been the VIP of the school. You must have run the school. No one listened to the radio stations. No, no one knew. Oh. It was it was the old people's radio station. Oh, okay. So the records that were on the wall were <laughs> Barry Manilow. Barry Como. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. So you so you were a kid doing old old people yeah. ra- radio yeah. and uh, uh, okay so so you're a high school kid. Did you did you go to college from there? Did you go to? I did. I went to to a college, a state. Uh, university okay. in Minnesota for one year took okay. all radio and TV classes and okay. I assumed I would do that for four years mm. and do radio or TV or whatever it led to but mm. after one year the radio station in, in Brainerd again offered me the sports director job which mm. came with getting up early in the morning and doing morning sports <laughs> yeah. but one of my first gigs was uh, they sent me to Kissimmee, Florida where the Minnesota Twins spring training camp was, was just there just there two days ago. 19-year-old kid wow. walking around with a microphone and a tape recorder talking to Kirby Puckett, wow. Ken Herbeck, Gary Gaetti. And uh, oh my God. That, right there I was hooked. I was like, wow, this is this is amazing. I can't believe that. You were 19 years old walking around spring training yeah. with a voice. Yeah. 
Uh, and then, and so I, I just kept doing that. And after about yeah. two years, the sports kind of went away on that radio station. I think ownership changed. Mm. Then I got into music radio. I bounced mm. around to nine radio stations, four states in nine years, Whoa. and then hit Colorado Springs. Yeah, you start. I think you you went from Brainerd to what was it Iowa, uh, or was it Nebraska? Garden City, Kansas. Garden City, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Enough that, said. That was, yeah, enough said. <laughs> uh, well, so but I I read that your big inspiration in life as as an announcer was Bob Casey, yeah. the late Bob Casey. Uh, no smoking, no smoking, yeah. and a better now. <laughs> now, yeah, his voice was kind of like that kind yeah. of a guy. Yeah. It was just kind of yeah. one of those voices, totally different from your voice, but. He was your idol. I read that you went to Twins games and mostly thought about what I he was did always as trying to find player. him at Twins games. Oh. Who's this guy talking? Yeah, and his yeah. call of Kirby Puckett is what Kirby. Yeah, right. it, it's what what uh, encouraged me or made my decision up of okay, my very first day of the Rockies, day number one in Mile High Stadium, I'm going to announce all the players the way Kirby Puckett is announced by yeah. Bob Casey and kind of played with the names and it was more like kind yeah. of an NBA style mm-hmm. for Major League Baseball and yeah. I was worried that and I think right. probably purists are very... at the beginning a lot of the baseball people in the Rockies were probably like well first of all we got a guy named Roach from a rock and roll <laughs> station who's screaming names into our microphone <laughs> but I think the fans oh. liked it and the oh. fans were in there's 88,000 oh. people at oh. the first game uh, I was one of those fans in those early days. I wasn't even a writer yet at the Denver Post, and I was in those stands, and I thought you were great. I thought, this is guy, I can't believe his voice. And it was my... So to, to fast forward a little bit, you got a job. You were the first Rockies announcer ever. Now I want to get into how you got that job. Sounds pretty interesting. But yeah, those early days at Mile High Stadium, your voice your voice just boom. That was a stadium that was made for a PA yeah. voice too, wasn't yeah. it? Because yeah. the voice was trapped in so much better than from the high stands. Yeah. What a what a what a great uh, yeah what a great job you did it for the Rockies uh, all those years. But you started you came to Colorado Springs in 1990 yep. to work at radio. So yep. you're spinning records still. Yep, classic rock. Now I read that uh, yes, classic rock, and of course you've been in the Fox for forever. I thought you were still at the Fox. I do some weekend shows. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you're still there. Because I still, yeah, I still hear you. I listen to the Fox all the time. I associated you you more with the Fox in the early days when I first moved here, I think. I was at the Fox from 90. What? What? 92? Yeah, that's when I moved here. That's when I moved here. Summer of 91, I started at the Fox. That's exactly when I moved here, and I remember hearing you, and that's how I associated Colorado, because I listen to that station all the time. Yeah. And now I started back about a year ago just doing some weekend shows. Right. It's a good time. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, But so you go to the Colorado Springs, and I read that you got into sports PA because of you, you, you filled in for the Sky Sox announcer one night. Yeah. And like... Lou Gehrig to Wally Pipp, he never got his job back. Is that yeah, that's true? That, and that's exactly right. And <laughs> it was a Friday night. I went with Tony Berenger, yes. who was a salesperson from the radio station in Colorado Springs. We went to the Dublin house, probably had three or four more beers than we should have. <laughs> went to the Sky Sox game, went into the uh, press box and met, I think, what was his name? Dwight Mm. can't remember. He was the assistant general manager of the Sky Sox. Mm. Tony knew him, mm. introduced me to him. We're standing there talking, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. While the PA guy's announcing the names over in the corner, and I just said to Dwight, hey, 
if that guy's ever sick or needs vacation, I would love to do that. He said, well, have you ever done it? I go, no, I've never done anything like that, but I think I could do it. I would like to. Mm-hmm. He said, well, actually, he's going to be gone next weekend. And we have a three-game home. Would you like to do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday homestand? I'm like, absolutely. And it was, uh, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday after the game, they came to me and said, we don't want to bring that guy back. Wow. Do you want to do this forever? And I'm like, okay. That, that's a tough break for that other dude, <laughs> yeah. but that, that's business, I guess. Uh, and that, and that's where it really started. Now, that's where it started. That's where that was your first ever sports. PA was Sky Sox. Okay. I was sitting in Sky Sox Stadium doing a game on a Saturday afternoon, I think, on the day that Major League Baseball said that Colorado was going to get a baseball team. Right. Okay. I remember we had a game that day. They made the announcement. It ran through the press box in the Sky Sox Stadium. And I stated very clearly to everyone there, I will have that job wow. when they start. And you did years. get the job, but you really had to work to get that job. I read you said you did some really aggressive things to try and get yeah. it the job. You sent a Cracker Jack box with a, a prize yeah. in it that was yeah. one of your uh, tapes, demo yep. tapes, right? I, I Jack Evans <laughs> hired me at the Fox about. Two months after they'd made that announcement that baseball was coming, I was in Colorado Springs, mm. working in Colorado Springs. Out of the blue, get a call from the Fox. Hey, do you want to come to Denver and work? I'm like, well, that's a great way to get closer to that mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. So I went to Denver. Jack Evans, biggest baseball fan I know. He now lives in uh, San Diego. But um, Jack encouraged me every day. And basically he said, here's how this is going to work. We're still 19 months away from first pitch. Mm-hmm. No one's going to pay attention to the PA announcer until one day there's going to be 12 people sitting around a conference table, whether that happens the day before the game or a month before the game or six months before the game, and they're going to make that decision. You need to be on the top of their mm-hmm. list. You know, right. you need to have, have contacted people. So I sent a baseball glove with my autograph and want to be a PA announcer. I made a mock starting lineup. This was before the yeah. Colorado Rockies had any players there was no players right. on the Colorado Rockies team. Okay. I made a mock starting lineup, and in the starting lineup, I had Anders Galarraga and Dante Bichette. No kidding. And, no kidding. And Pete Rose as the manager. So that, that, part, <laughs> that part didn't happen. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Uh, no kidding. And they, But they didn't make their decision, I read, until literally uh, almost the day before the they, season. Now, they were in New York to start their whole they played beginning two games of the in New they York were in Chase Stadium. The Mets, I think, on a Monday and right. Wednesday. David Need started. And, and it then... was after the afternoon game on Wednesday. <laughs> the first home game was Friday. They called me Wednesday afternoon and said, Hey, uh, are you the guy who's been sending all oh this my. crap over here? <laughs> yes, well, we'd like you to be the PA guy on Friday. Okay. Unbelievable. They were that late minute and last minute. I guess it's just like us two guys who need to have everything done <laughs> at the last second when they were like that too. Unbelievable. That persistence paid off, and you yeah. were the Rockies guy. You broadcast, you, you did the PA for the very first Rockies game ever at Mile High Stadium. Eric Young, home run on his first at bat. Yep. You got to call that. That has to be in your Mount Rushmore of uh, highlights of your career. That, and, that uh, first and day. Yeah, my, my Mount Rushmore has about 14 heads on it. <laughs> And that's, but that's certainly one of them. Mike Swanson was the uh, director yep. of media or the, yep. the PR director, and uh, he sat right next to me, and he was kind of the guy who schooled me how to do baseball and how we do it in the major leagues. And I remember, you know, he, the very first batter. So this is the first time anyone ever got to hear how I was going to do a batter, and it was, you know, second baseman, number 21, yep. Eric 
yeah! And the place is going crazy. And then, you know, he hits the ball out for the home run, and it's just bedlam. And I remember Mike Swanson putting his arm out across me to make sure that I did not say something into the microphone. He thought maybe I'd just get in there. That's a home run! But, uh... Uh. Yeah, it was uh, an, an amazing experience. 88,000 people at a baseball game. Uh, incredible. Um, you, you you kept doing that for a few years. You you got the second job in Denver. At, with, with, was, did the Avalanche come first or the Broncos come first? I can't remember. Uh, pretty much the same time, right okay. around the year 2000, 1999. Yeah, I think... I think I th- I'm probably like a lot of people. I thought you started earlier with the Avs. I thought you were in McNichols Arena doing some games at times, and but no, it was. Uh, was I did the Grizzlies. The Denver that's Grizzlies. That's it. See, that's what I'm missing. You did the yep. Denver Grizzlies. Why? Why would I forget that? Because it, that was 25 years ago. That's why probably. And I, I covered that team too. The, the most, most dominant, dominant sports team, team I've ever been in. An the most. For. Me too. The best. 72, 20, and six. I mean, and and they didn't just win games; they crushed people. Yeah. You had to do a lot of goal calling on that, yeah. that place. Yeah. yeah, that's how you started with with hockey, yep. the Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. And then the Avalanche came, but I had made the owners mad when oh. they came. I was on the radio on the Fox, and okay. uh, the day they announced the NHL was coming to Denver uh-huh. was the same day as Game One of the playoffs for the Grizzlies. Okay. And so oh. outside McNichols, they had all the signs that said, right. Grizzlies playoffs, it's Grizzlies playoffs. The, mm-hmm. You know, congrats, Turner Cup, here mm-hmm. we come. And whoever it was that was ComSat or whoever was bringing in, ComSat. made them take all of the banners down with Grizzlies and right. just put up big black banners for the first day of playoffs that said NHL is coming. That's and right. I thought that was bullshit. Yep. And I told him so on the radio. <laughs> and so no one called me to ask me for a job <laughs> at the beginning. Well, that's right. They did the Grizzlies. And you can understand a little bit why the owners of the building would want that, but they did. The Grizzlies totally got shafted at the end uh, with that. And we've, yeah, but they but they, won. they never lost so the game anyway. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah no. So, but so all those years you were doing Rockies, where you and you were just you were doing radio too. That was yep. your. But. Did you start getting more gigs too with the private voice stuff too? Like you were yeah. getting, getting uh, yeah. Now didn't you do some video game, you know, work too and stuff um, like that? I mean, just recently, I'm I'm uh, I'm the MLS stadium voice on EA Sports That's FIFA right. 2018, and That's a hell of a gig. If you promise not to tell anyone. <laughs> When next year's EA Sports Madden football comes out, I'll be the voice of What? <laughs> You're going to be the voice of Madden Sports? I've already, I've, we've done six <laughs> six recording sessions of three to four hours each where I just sit there and say, Johnson's pass, intended for Smith, incomplete. Erickson's pass, intended for Johnson, incomplete. And oh I've gone through every name in the NFL with every possibility. God. Wow! But, Congrats on that gig. Yeah, that'll, be, that'll be fun. Oh, I bet. I look forward must to that. Must be a little bit semi-lucrative gig too. I mean, I don't want to get uh, into money here, but the, of, of, does voice work yes. pay well. That that kind of thing does because of I mean, they make Sales. a lot of money. Yeah, they they make you know, a lot of money. I, I I make less money than I should with that game. I thought, <laughs> well, okay, this 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 should be a couple hundred thousand dollars. No, it's not anywhere near that. Okay. But as far as voiceover gigs go, this is a good one. Okay, boy, <clears throat> uh, you you've had so many memorable calls. Uh, obviously, you don't 
you don't call the game play by play, but you've you've. Yeah, that, I'll save this for the later rounds. But I did want to ask you when you first started with the Avalanche, like, did you have to learn a whole new set of of uh, way of doing a PA for hockey as opposed to baseball? After no? no, after doing the 50 Grizzlies yeah. games, I mean, I just oh, basically right. brought everything that I did at the Grizzlies to okay. to uh, to the Avalanche. And when I started at the Grizzlies, I don't really remember how to learn or how I learned or, you know, I had to have someone there, I'm sure, telling me you announced this at this time and this at this time. Um, mm-hmm. And I just started doing it and kind of did it with the same intensity that I did with the Rockies, although maybe even cranked up a notch or two. Right, right. Uh, I think you were the voice for a team I covered, too, that nobody will remember besides us two, uh, the Denver Thunder of indoor soccer. Uh, no. Did, you didn't do that? Oh, I thought you did. Never mind. I don't think so. I thought you did. God, I could swear they you did. Coliseum? No, they played at McNichols Arena. They lost 33 games in a row at one <laughs> point. One of the worst teams in pro sports history, and they didn't pay their players after the first wow. couple of weeks of the season. So other than that, things went great. That's exactly why I was not there. <clears throat> I thought you were there. No. All right. Um, your voice itself. I mean, do you feel... I mean, sometimes you're just born with it, right? Do you feel like people... How do I phrase this question? How do you reconcile your voice being just a natural thing that you didn't even ask for that's become your whole livelihood and and everything giving you the life you've had as opposed to think people are going to say, geez, you didn't have to do anything to get ahead in life. You're just born with it. What's the tough... I would imagine you have a different take in that, though. You have to really work hard to do what you do and learn a craft, right? Well, it, yeah, you learn... It starts out with being blessed and being lucky mm. i mean uh did your dad have a deep voice he did yeah he did and my my older brother does too but okay. he never did anything with broadcasting never has and that's that's part of it i mean i i had to be you know given the gift of this unique voice mm-hmm. but then i also had to decide that i wanted to cultivate that and do something with it and um, there were a lot of tough times. I mean, radio was really fun, mm. but you know, when I started out in radio, you know, I'm scraping to get by for years and years, and um, being the PA announcer for the Rockies. I think when I, I think I think I got a hundred dollars a game when I started, and then yeah. like yeah, mid season, they're like, wow, you're so good, you're gonna get 125 a game. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's there's not a lot of money in anything I do. I feel like, mm. you know, I'm one of the one of the best in the world maybe at what I do and so I look at other people that are best in the world at what they do Joe Montana John Elway um, you know uh, Al Michaels yep those guys make millions billions yeah. of dollars <laughs> and yet I'm living paycheck to paycheck but I love what I do well, <clears throat> I uh, I imagine there's gonna be bigger gigs in your future I mean with all these things building on your resume I mean these are serious big deal things uh, I don't know. Maybe you need a new agent or something for some of this stuff, because you, because you, because there's going to be more money in your future. I'm sure. I mean, you don't just become the voice of the Super Bowl and not, yeah. not get some good, good cash off of that. I, 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 I've looked into the agent thing many times, and yeah. again, it comes back to, there's not enough money in what I do to pay an agent. To take his time to find me gigs that are gonna. Now maybe with the you know the live TV, um, where they like the the gladiators or the warriors or whatever it is, all these live TVs that have. Still, they have a, a PA announcer, which oftentimes isn't part of the TV broadcast. He's part of the actual event, 
and yeah. that guy doesn't get the money. It's mm. the guy that's on TV that gets the money, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Akbar and, mm-hmm. and whoever else. I mean, I would have, I guess, you know, I had a mis- I probably had a conception of you that you were, might be rich. You know, you, there's so much high-profile pro- pro- stuff that you do and the trips you've taken and all the stuff. Now, I'm sure you're not broke, but no. you're... Uh... No, I, I, I make a nice living. My <laughs> yeah. wife's a, a, a teacher, so we okay. live on a teacher salary and, and okay. my announcing salary. Yeah, but yeah I'm, I'm sure yeah. that, you know, fans go, oh, my God, he's the announcer of the Super Bowl. What do you think he makes? He yeah. probably makes... What do you think he makes a million dollars for the Super Bowl? I mean, I would have <laughs> thought that. I would have thought it's... You're on retainer or something. You'd probably get it just a... Yeah, you know. No. I would have said six figures. No. No. Oh. Okay. Um, well, but it but it's the experience that it brings, and mm. then also the residual mm. jobs that it might yeah. bring. Somebody wants the Super Bowl announcer to be the voice of their telephone system at their work. Mm. You know, that's that's how I make the money. There's a new site. They see these sites now that that have uh, celebrities do little cameos for like yeah. 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually thinking of buying one for my wife. Cause, you know, some some star that she loves. Right. Really. Probably start up a little site for you where you do just Not people people give you you know twenty bucks to say to do any kind of random uh, saying that yeah. they want for them a wedding yeah. uh, a highlight of them scoring a goal whatever it is your kids hitting a home run you probably make a ton of money doing that maybe I've, that should be your agent I've started doing uh, I actually reached out to a lot of high schools this year oh but for high school football stuff for the first time that, you know, either I could go to the stadium and do PA or just record stuff for them. Right. Uh, For Columbine High School, Dakota Ridge High School, I made recordings that they play Mm. before every game. Um, Mm. So, you know, doing that kind of stuff, I do some mini-mipe hockey teams where the parents, you know, I charge them, I think, 15 bucks per player. So $15 a name, and then they use that starting lineup (laughs) all through the season. That's um, funny. So, do you have a website or anything like that where people can wait, reach you? Why don't you give that out here? AlanRoach.net. Okay. That's simple. Hey, that's simple. Uh, Somebody had yeah. .com and wouldn't give it to me. Yeah. Really? Some guy named Alan Roach in Alabama or something. Okay. He didn't have a site, but he had the name. <laughs> and I asked him, so I'll, you know, I'll give you a hundred bucks or you know. Oh. That's all right. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, let's take a quick break here and come back on the other side. Uh, we've got a lot more questions I want to ask you, uh, Alan. Uh, Alan Roach, my guest here on the BSNM Lunch Podcast. When we come back. I'm going to ask you more about being a, just the memories of the Az in general and uh, all the memories he's had. I mean, he's been right there in the building with all the best moments of this team, basically. Uh, so we'll come back on the other side. This is BSNM Lunch Podcast. Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games, for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, Concerts, Beer Tastings, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. 
try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to the BSN Avalanche podcast, a very special Friday podcast here. We are talking to the one, the only, the voice, Alan Roach, the voice of God. Now, I actually interviewed Dante Bichette once for a book that you're in. It's called 100 Things Rockies Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Available now at a bookstore right down the I street. I just proudly displayed yes. at home. You're in it. Your chapter. You're you are chapter number eighty-one in that book. I, now, I don't want to. You, you, yeah, I didn't put you dead last, so that's I think. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the guy, you know, Dante and Larry Walker got a little earlier in the book, but uh, you're in there. You are. You were the voice of the Rockies. Uh, <clears throat> um, your most famous player that you ever really started to get known for, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Dante Bichette? Yeah. Dante. Now, was that that was based on Bob Casey's Kirby Puckett? But you added kind of a your own, just such a deep voice. It was such a booming thing. Did Dante ever talk to you about that? And and did players come up to you and say how they want their name pronounced? I I think probably not until uh, Coors Field did Mm -hmm. anyone ever even see me. You know, wow. because the, the the I don't even I don't even know if I know where the locker rooms were in Mile High Stadium. I never <laughs> yeah. went there. But once we got to Coors Field, I actually started doing some uh, of their what's the the where the Rockies have fans go down to spring training yep. fantasy camp. Mm-hmm. I started doing some of those, so I met some of the players. So yeah, um, I got to know Larry Walker pretty well and Dante too, and uh, and yeah, and and Andres Galarraga. He used. Andres Galarraga is probably the guy who said to me the most, I love the way you say my name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he used to say that all the time. Really? Uh, I can't I can't remember exactly how you did it, but I'm sure it was some Andres very... Andres Galarraga. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how often do you practice that before you go out there? How long did you have to practice? Do you do it in a mirror? Do you do it in front of tape? Do you tape no, 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 none of them. Any, like, uh, I, I remember a couple times when the Rockies brought in a new player during the season and I knew that I'd be announcing him that night maybe in the shower once (laughs) or twice I'd try it but I kind of always have felt in my mind that when it comes time the way it comes out is the way it's supposed to be Mm. so I Hmm. I don't want to practice I don't want to rehearse I don't want to make it I want it to be spontaneous okay and then maybe I got to tweak it here and there Todd Helton's is the one I had to change oh when Todd Helton started I first announced him as first baseman Number 17, Todd Elton. <laughs> oh, yeah? And I did that for a couple of games, and, and the people that I worked with, the friends that I worked with, were like, you got to change that one. That's nice. And I go, no, I like it. It sounds so, Todd Elton. They're like, no, you can't even understand what you're saying. So I changed that one. I, I, yeah, I got it. I, there were so many good ones, but uh, yeah, Dante, but uh, and Tulo, were you there with you yep. there with Tulo? Yep. Tulo was a hugely popular one also because of his the little song he played. Uh, now the songs became part of the baseball too so you Rockies were one of the first to do that I know I think I did know that Uh, you have to you really have to go over the pronunciations right you have to work I see you all the time before games just studying sheets is that what you're doing is just you're memorizing names how they're pronounced and, and but you have to do an amazing amount of other stuff too like it's very well coordinated during a PA during a game you have to nah 
Really? <laughs> seems like I mean, it. I have someone in my ear, and I have a script with different reads, you know, that yeah. I have to do. The stuff that I have to do by myself is is the names, and I still do that every football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go to the visiting PR guy, and I go through their entire roster of pronunciations. Mm-hmm. I used to do that with baseball. For hockey, I actually have a pronunciation guide that the NHL puts out. Oh, yeah. So the first thing I do when I get in the box uh, every night before a hockey game while pregame warm-ups are going on, I go through every name on the opposing team, and I just write down the way the name sounds. I don't care how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, spelled. Mm-hmm. I just write down right, the way it's right. said. And, right. Right. You know, and having to do Olympic hockey where you're <laughs> <laughs> dealing with hundreds <laughs> of players with 500 consonants oh, in their you name. You must see Russian names yeah. flinch sometimes. So that's always important, and, and i become good at that. Again, it's just phonetic spelling and maybe not correct phonetic spelling, but it's my phonetic spelling. Is there a name that just drove you crazy that you remember? Uh, or you just... I remember being terrified. The first Olympics I did was uh, Salt Lake City. Mm. And 2002. I, you know, you have a roster of 30 names in front of you, and I have written in really tiny ink, you know, next to each name how to say it, like the team from Latvia or whatever, you know. It's like, oh, my God. I remember being terrified every time I had to announce a penalty. And I, you know, it, it, sometimes if I if I don't have the confidence, I kind of do my <laughs> Penalty to number 27. <laughs> <laughs> uh your avalanche goal call is so legendary. I mean, that thundering voice comes out. Uh, right from day one, that was it. Right? Uh, did you ever think about something different, though? Like, it was just that way. The, avalanche goal. And I knew I was going to do it that way. And I, again, I don't know that I really practiced before huh. the first goal. But what I had in my head, and the avalanche used to play the little movie clip. Yes. It was from the movie K2, or maybe, or it was a, a movie about mountain climbers. And there's yes. an avalanche coming, and a guy in a yes. in a helmet turns yes. around into the camera and says, yes. avalanche. I do remember And that's well. where I decided that's kind of what I'm going to try and emulate a little bit. Why don't they do that? Did they just not do movie clips anymore? You probably know. Is it it's illegal. Rights. Because yep. of copyrights, right? And every stadium, you know, for the first that, six, though. eight years of the avalanche, that we was a big part. Clips. Oh, oh yes. my line. It was the blue chips one. We don't come into our house and kick us around. Yep. The... That was that awesome. Was awesome on the con. You're my car. boy, Blue. That movie. And what happened is, <sighs> some movie studio somewhere sued a sports team yeah. 15 years ago, and boom, it ended. Oh, I hate that. I mean, that, mm. that was a big part, fun part of the game. But yeah. I guess I can see why they do it. You know, copyrights. Don't teams could have just paid him some money, right? Just, well, I'm sure there's. Yeah, I'm sure because, I mean, like, I think teams have to pay ASCAP and BMI, yeah. which is music. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that's yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars a year, yeah. but to do movies is maybe not feasible. Huh. Uh, so many, so many, this is an Avalanche podcast, of course, uh, but, uh, you know, they never lost the game in those early years, but, you know, uh, when you got to call, let's go to 2001 when they won the cup. You yeah. get to call, you get to call, uh, you know, the commissioner's name, he makes the announcement that, you know, they're going to give that cup to, to Joe Sackick or whatnot. I but, say, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. The Stanley Cup. How awesome was that? <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I have goosebumps now <laughs> saying that. It, yeah. It, 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 you've called so many unbelievable things. Now, um, the, the, the Avalanche, how many fans associate you with just the Avalanche because of, like, 
do you hear from every segment of the fan uh, people in town who only know their team and you say, you're the Rockies guy, you're the Broncos guy, you'd you're be the surprised. Guy. I just last night, in fact, after uh, I met some friends uh, uh, for a beer after the game last night, mm-hmm. and uh, I had two different people that came up to me and said, hey, you're the Rockies announcer, right? <laughs> yeah. And I still get that. No, I'm not the, yeah. the Rockies announcer anymore. <laughs> but um, Avalanche fans I, I were the first to start to recognize my face because I started uh, – 10 years ago, interviewing the little Minimite kids after the intermissions. Yeah, those interviews. And yeah. so there's 16,000 people in the stands every night, and my right. face is on the screen. So that's, right. that's what started the ball rolling of people being able to just recognize me by seeing me. I love those interviews. They're great. <clears throat> they must be tortured to do sometimes. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> How, you know how many? I do forty-one of the forty-one, forty-one a year <laughs> for like, ten years. Yeah. So hey, I, have a good yeah. time. There's yeah. not four hundred questions to ask a terrified oh. six-year-old <laughs> who's talking very quietly. Anyway, some it of them are great. Deep. Some of them are just right. well, okay. Some of them are like, yeah, okay. Elaborate, please. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos fans were. You, I mean, uh, you weren't the first Broncos player to announce, of course, but you were definitely the most memorable. The incomplete thing. Uh, yeah, oh, oh they, uh, fans do that, but you you play along with football, too. Now, how hard was it to do Broncos games? Because there's a lot more PA calls, right? That's, uh, and you have to be talking a lot yeah. more in a football game, right? And, and you that's, do it for the Vikings now, of course. That's why it's the most fun. And I, yeah. when I started at the Broncos, I started in... I don't remember whether it was the 99 or the 2000 season, but I didn't do PA for the games. I did pregame, and we did check presentations, and I brought the team out of the tunnel, and I did starting lineups. And then at halftime, I did the Frisbee dogs or the the twirling gun (laughs) military thing, whatever it was we did. But Alan Cass was the, the PA guy. And uh, Alan just uh, passed away, uh, mm. uh, I think, in the, in the last year. And, and he was such a genuine, nice man. You would have never guessed he was the PA announcer to look at him. But mm. he he is the one that started the incomplete thing. Okay. And I you know, asked him when I became the PA announcer, is it okay if I continue this? And he's like, absolutely, this isn't mine. This is a Bronco thing. And uh, so it was, it was awesome to be a part of that. And... That's one of the most unique chants, you know, that the teams do. The Vikings now have the skull chant thing, which is pretty cool and has generated a lot of uh, a lot of attention. But the incomplete thing with the entire stadium doing yeah. that to Philip Rivers 27 <laughs> times over the course of a Sunday is pretty cool. Uh, when you got the PA gig for real teams. I heard, you got to meet Bob Casey, right? And go back to I you, did. You met him. I did. What was that like? You're your idol. You're from Minnesota. You got to meet Bob Casey, and he I said did. really nice things about you too. By the way, in the after story. I after I got the Rockies job, I wrote him a letter. Oh. And you know, it was a way too long letter yeah. and way too sappy letter, yeah, but yeah, I just we've told all him. Done that. You 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 did this for me and yeah. and you're awesome and so <laughs> then we started conversing that way oh, by letters cool. and emails. Then uh, in. Was it the first year of Coors Field that the Minnesota Twins were going to play a preseason series in Coors Field? In the lockout. And so I asked Bob Gebhardt, who had attachments to the Minnesota Twins. Yes. 
and he knew Bob Casey. And I said, Bob, can we have Bob Casey come here and do the starting lineup no, for the Twins? No. And I'll do the starting lineup for the Rockies. We'll sit next to each other. It'll be the most incredible day of my life. He's <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. So I was going to get to hear Bob Casey announce Kirby Puckett. So, yeah. and I think this was the lockout year, but they still had those preseason games. So the Minnesota Twins are going to come to to Colorado on a Friday. Mm-hmm. On Thursday morning, Kirby Puckett woke up at his hotel in Baltimore with something wrong with his eye. Oh. He never played another baseball game. Oh. He never made the trip to oh. Minnesota or to Colorado. Bob Casey did, and and he announced Kent Herbeck and the and yeah. the, the rest of the he's, Twins. He still got And that was it. still a thrill. And about uh, uh, yeah, love Bob Casey to death. Wow, yeah, uh, great thrill. Yeah, you're right though. Baseball is a very pure sport. I mean, I grew up in Boston, not in Boston, but going to Red Sox games. And their old PA guys, the guy named Sherm Feller, who yeah. you really couldn't even hear. Sometimes, yeah. he would just say, "Number eight, Kyle Strzemski. Number eight, Strzemski." Yeah, that was it. And then that's <laughs> yeah. all you could hear. Uh, and when I started, that's kind of the way most baseball announcers were in most stadiums. So it was very low key. Pioneering in the sense that it became more entertainment for uh, fans through the PA. Game. I think the Rockies as a whole did, and it's because mm-hmm. of the fact that they had 60 yes. or 70,000 people <laughs> yeah. at every game. Yes, and that's kind of where the music clips started. We talked about that. Yeah, that yeah. The Rockies were one of the first to play what's called batter clips after I would mm-hmm. say, you know, the, the, the name, then they would play a certain <clears throat> clip of a song, and the players then got involved and were picking their own songs mm-hmm. and calling up and changing the songs during the game because they struck out for the last song, so now they wanted to... And now I don't. There's probably not a baseball stadium in the country that doesn't have a batter clip for every player on the team. Yeah. Uh, yep. And that didn't happen until 1993. Yep. Let me ask and, you a technical question here. Let's say you're doing a hockey game and you see a goal. Do you have to write down the goal who scored it, or do you get a piece of paper saying who what happened? Who uh, writes that for you? The goal is scored, and the referee comes over and says in the hole in the glass in front of me the number of the player that scored. So he comes over and says 19. Okay. So I have 19. I write that down. I write down the time. Then I have to wait for the official scorer who's Uh upstairs to call me on the phone. I pick up the phone. I say 19. And he says from 23 and 32. Huh. Wow. Okay, yeah. And sometimes I can take It kills me when... They drop the puck, yeah. and I still don't have it yeah. yet. And I'm like, come on, come on. Toronto, I used to have an announcer who literally did it right away. And I think it's because you just they're hockey, they know everything yeah. about Toronto. So yeah. literally, when the right, I'm not kidding when I say literally. Like, when the puck hits the net, literally the guy was doing the goal, who scored it, who got the assist, and he knew it all because he watches the hockey all, all day long, his whole yeah. life probably. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, do, you, do you find yourself just watching the game as a fan, or are you always just like... It's all about business, and I've got to call the next thing, and that's on my mind more than I, the game. I get to I get to enjoy it as a fan. You got a and great I, seat. Yeah, I got a great seat. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of action right in front of me. I Sometimes bet. spilling my but coffee you. and popcorn in my lap. Um, but you hear some good language down there too. Oh, both well, because there's no glass in between the the <laughs> penalty boxes anymore. It's all just one big room, right. so they can scream at each other. And you must hear the greatest stuff. Last night it was uh, McKinnon telling uh, Benning, I think it was. Dude, you, you're so overpaid. You need to give $4 million to some other guy on your team. You suck. <laughs> this is after they got that play. It was good. 
<laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god, yeah, McKinnon's a sarcastic dude. Yeah, I've heard a lot of a lot of good stories, but I, I get to I get to enjoy the excitement. But yeah, there's yeah. times where, you know, when bedlam is happening, when yeah. the, when the, when an overtime goal is scored and everybody's going crazy. I'm listening for the referee, I'm talking to the guy on the phone, yeah. I'm writing stuff down, and I, I gotta pay attention. And when there's a, <clears throat> the older days of hockey, there was there could be 28 penalties yeah. in one sequence, yeah. you know. Yeah. You have to announce all of those. Yeah, and that doesn't happen much anymore, does it? No, there's no fights anymore. But yeah, I I, I can remember in the earlier days of the Avalanche where it's like, penalties. Avalanche penalties, yeah. number six, number 24, <laughs> number 15. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know. No, it's true. There's a lot less penalty fight calls for you guys to call uh, uh, for everybody. Uh, gosh, um, the uh, now you were doing the Avs, you're doing the Broncos. Then I think it's been ten years now. You've been the voice of the Super Bowl. That's a huge deal. I bet. When? How did the Super Bowl gig come about? Uh, it's tied to the Avalanche. Um, it okay. was the uh, what do you call it? Uh, All Star Game. Yeah. which was 2001. 2001. Yep. Okay, so the All-Star Game came, and when the All-Star Game comes, the NHL moves into the oh, stadium yeah. for two weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the NHL ran everything, and there was the skills challenge, and there were dinners, and there were this, yep. and there was the game, and the pregame, yep. and the postgame, and the NHL ran everything. Yep. And so all the NHL bigwigs were here. And so um, I got to announce all of those things for All-Star Weekend, and concluded with the game on Sunday afternoon. And so after the game, I went to the big wig, the vice president of events for the NHL. His name is Frank Zipovitz. Mm-hmm. He had a little tent mm-hmm. set up underneath the bleachers at Pepsi Center. Yep. And uh, I stood outside his tent because I just wanted to go in and say, hey, the Olympics are coming to Salt Lake City in 2002, and I would like to get a letter from you that says I announced an all-star game and I did a good job. Yeah. So that's what I'm waiting to talk to. Well, there's all kinds of people in suits talking to him, and they're <laughs> celebrating. And, do, and so I kind of, and I'm just this kid. So mm-hmm. I stood outside and waited and waited. And his room never got empty. I'm like, all right, give up. I'll, I'll write him a letter and ask for a letter. So I started walking away. And as I walked away, everyone in his room walked out. And I turned around over my shoulder, and there he was all by himself sitting at his desk. I said, all right, oh. this is what I waited for. I yeah. walked in. I said, Frank, and, and he knew who I was from working with me this weekend. I said, I just wanted to tell you how much fun this was and I would like to be a part of the Olympics in 2002 I don't know who to send stuff to but when I do I'd like to have a letter from you that says he said well let me tell you this I am not going to write you a letter but you just met the person that you need to send your stuff to said here's what you need to do you need to go home and you need to put together a tape and a resume and you need to get some FedEx envelopes and you need to set them on your desk and you need to just wait there he said one day I don't know when it might be three weeks might be three months I'm going to call you and I'm going to give you three or four people to send that stuff to and when I call you and send tell you I want that stuff in the mail that day okay so three months later he calls send it to these people I did five days later they called and said you're going to be the announcer for hockey at the Olympics in Salt Lake City then Frank called me and said, we loved you being the PA announcer in Denver for the All-Star Game. We want you to travel with us to all the All-Star Games from now on. We're wow. not going to use the home PA guys. So wow. then I did two more All-Star Games. I forgot about that. Concluded with Minnesota's All-Star Game in 04, mm. and then uh, the lockout season yeah. <clears throat> after that. Mm. Um, during the lockout, the NHL was closed. Frank Zabovitz being the vice president great at his job was hired as the vice president of the nfl in charge of events okay he called me three days after getting that job saying i got bad news for you Uh 
you're no longer going to be announcing any NHL stuff because I'm not with the NHL anymore. But there's good news. You're now the Super Bowl announcer. Ah! There it was. Oh, kidding. Had I never turned around and walked back into that tent that day, that would have never happened. What a lesson, right? Yep. Yep. You you have to... I've got similar stories, but that's amazing. That's a great story. And he... What year was the first Super Bowl? I did the 2006 Super Bowl okay. 40, Detroit. In Detroit, okay. How nervous are you for that? That's a big deal. That's that's oh. that's a billion people or whatever. Yeah, it was. Uh, or, or you do, or do you not get nervous? <clears throat> I, I mean, have I, you ever flubbed the line and on a game and just like, oh my god, I, you don't seem like you ever do. No, thankfully, knock okay, on yeah. aluminum wow. table. Um, there's not not huh. a lot of mistakes, and, wow, and, and that's good. It's, but, I'm a good reader, basically, yeah. is all that means. I can okay. read good. And the other part of it is, when I do make a mistake, mm. unless it's egregious, don't go back and correct it. Mm. Just keep going. If you okay. flubbed a word or messed up, just keep going, okay. because yeah. <laughs> only 10% of the people heard you yeah. flub that, but if you go back and yeah, correct yeah, it, right. now everybody knows yeah. what you're doing. Okay, so the, the, the Super Bowl, uh, I mean, I can't imagine what... That must have been like, though. I mean, the voice of the Super Bowl. Um, now it's people in the stands who who hear you more than the people on sure. TV. Well, you're but still heard on TV. Like for the Super Bowl in Detroit. I mean, this was while they still had pregame shows. Stevie Wonder was the pregame show, and that's live Boy. on network television. And so Jeez. I announced, okay, and now it's time for the pregame show. Here's Stevie Wonder, and that show he had like six different artists that came up and sang with him. So I got to announce each of those, and I knew that was live on TV. And then uh, the national anthem mm. announcement is live on TV. Right. And God bless right. America announcing the Rolling yep. Stones live on wow. TV. I knew yeah. all that stuff was going live to millions and millions of people across the <laughs> world. And there was nervousness with it. But even by 2006, mm. I mean, I had done so many sporting events and read scripts that I just need to do what mm. I'm supposed to do. Boy, yeah. Uh, yeah. To me, that was amazing that you... He landed that gig, and it's, it became a real source of pride for people in Denver. Like, we're, our guy is the voice of, of the Super yeah. Bowl and everything else. Uh, how much did your profile go pride up? Pride for me. It must have gone up a lot just in general after that. I mean, it, you, so the first national thing you ever did was the, the World uh, Olympics in 02, basically. Yep. That oh. started everything from Olympics there. Olympics 02, and then uh, Super Bowl <clears throat> in 06, and then Torino was in 06. You've gone to all these places. Uh, we talked a little bit about you going to Russia, but you've you've spent significant time in some of them. Now, they, when you go on the road, they they put you up in a hotel. You spent, and that must all be nice, nice hotel, all of that. Um, but when you go, when you went to the Olympics or the the World Cup, you spent 43 days. He said in Saint. 44 Petersburg, days 44 in. days in. Saint 44 days in Moscow. 31 days in Saint Petersburg okay. the summer before. And you're just there calling games and then going to games every night. And, and they put me up amazing. in a condo, which is nice, not in a hotel. Yeah. In a, you know, BRB or whatever. Uh-huh. Now, okay, that, so many, we only have one one show here, but I'd love to <laughs> talk more about the, the, the actual life on the road. But, uh, you know, what, 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 but, but, but <clears throat> you, um, you were doing all these gigs, then, uh, uh, you know, and you're doing radio. Did you ever have too much on your plate in those days? Uh, anyway? I did. Yeah. And, and 
And that, that was what I, I had said earlier, that after yeah. leaving radio in 2015, it opened up uh, the opportunity to do that. Because I would have loved to have done Summer Olympics, you know, all the way back in, in 2000 or 2004. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't do it because I didn't have enough vacation uh, time geez. from the radio station. Hey, wouldn't just, like... Come on, that's, that's I know I, I am too. And there were times like when I was, I think, uh, in Torino. I think I did my radio show a lot from Italy. I think in, uh, like, when I started traveling with the NFL to all the London games, I announced all the games yeah. in Wembley Stadium. I used to do my radio show from London, which was nice because the 6 a.m. radio show was at two o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. I got I got to do a little bit of that stuff. But yeah, there was even now, the thing that I hate most without question is missing games yeah uh tomorrow night saturday night avalanche are at home i'm gonna miss the game i'll be in minnesota right for the vikings and the avalanche are so great so gracious so supportive and saying yes we understand you have all these other things i'm gonna Mm -hmm. i'll miss a game or two when i'm gone for the super bowl but it i hate that because whoever sits in that chair and does that game I've already seen what yeah. happens and can happen. Yeah. And someday, whoever sits in that chair and fills in for me isn't going to get out of that chair. Uh, I don't think you got any worry about there. But, uh, no, yeah, I understand that, though. Uh, yeah, but you can't be in two places at the same no. time. Now, you left um, you left the Rockies gig because of... Uh, um, tell me why, again, the Rockies thing ended. Well, and that was too much on my plate. Okay, okay. so I'm okay. working five a.m. to nine a.m. on the radio. Right. I'm doing wow. Rockies games, which normally go four and a half hours and no fourteen sleep. innings. So I'm getting home uh, at midnight or one a.m. and getting up at four a.m. to go to work. Oh. And then there's a day game the next day, oh. or because of a rain out, there's a double. Okay. And and then Let's the Avalanche stop. season and the Rockies season overlaps uh, by a couple of months. Uh, 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 right. Then I was doing the uh, the Broncos right. stuff as okay. well. And I just, yeah, Yeah, you couldn't handle it. And at that point I was going through a divorce and had two young Mm -hmm. kids and Mm -hmm. I was, had, had I not done something, Mm -hmm. I would not have been able to raise my kids at all. I would have been a weekend dad, Mm -hmm. but how many weekends do I have doing all those sports? So I went to both the Rockies and the Avalanche and said, I need to let one thing go and I don't know what I'm going to let go. And, Mm -hmm. uh, both teams were incredibly supportive and, Mm -hmm. and. The Avalanche was a bit more uh, uh, mm. advantageous because there was 40 games instead of 80. Mm-hmm. Boy, yeah, it must have been tough though. In a, in a oh, I was terrible. I, I yeah. uh, to this yeah. day, I hate that I'm not the Rockies announcer. Now, I, I don't miss the time um, because it was a big time commitment. Yeah. And in order to go on vacation or do anything, you always had to look at three different schedules mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I miss I miss doing the Rockies all the time. Mm. Well, never say never. He's, uh, you know, the kids have grown up. Maybe he'll be back in that booth again. Uh, uh, do you have any? I'm sure you got a lot of stuff you'd like to do, but what, are there any bucket list items that you haven't checked off that you'd like to call that you, you haven't done yet? And uh, that, it could be anything. Yeah, and that was the World Cup. Yeah, World, World Cup World soccer, Cup. and now I've done that. I yeah. think uh, yeah. if, if I had a bucket list thing <clears throat> right now, how about the Oscars? Ah, okay. But they always have a woman. Oh, really? All the yeah. award shows, if you Stop watch watching. over the last 10 years, it's all women. Uh, Coming up next, the Best Actor <laughs> Award. It used to be a, it used to be a voice like mine uh, doing it, but now it's all women. The movie thing gig. I remember the guy who had that gig for years. Yeah. I forgot his name, but he was the voice of the movie trailers. LaFontaine. Right? LaFontaine. 
Uh, that that that's a is that still a really coveted gig or does that not oh, matter as much anymore? Yeah, oh, no, there's there's still okay. two or three guys. One of the guys you see on a car commercial right now. Hmm. He's sitting in the passenger seat of the car, reading the car commercial as the guy's driving the car. Hmm. He's one of the movie guys. Hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, they their their job is they wake up at ten, hmm. they jump in a limousine, drive to three different studios, drive back home. Yeah. They do that two yeah. or three days a, a week, and they make millions of dollars. <laughs> Ah, that's a good gig. We got good gigs. And my that's voice, a good gig. yeah. Maybe, maybe as I, maybe as my voice matures a little bit, I and say, I mature, I can, I can move into about that. About the voice itself, do you have to rest the voice? Do you have to treat it like a real thing? And how terrified are you about getting laryngitis or something? Oh, always terrified about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thankfully, yeah. it's I, I rarely in <clears throat> 28 years rarely had to miss games for sickness. I have mm. once or twice, maybe is all. Um, take care of myself but another part of it is you know just like a pitcher that uses his arm every day mm-hmm. his arm is different than other people's arms and, and has more strength and stamina and, and so I think my voice is, is that way yeah you don't straining to sound deep a voice it's just natural you do yeah. obviously amplify your voice louder uh, you I imagine yeah as you get older it's not gonna it's just gonna be a different timber maybe but yeah. it's still going to be a nice voice i bet i bet it might even be different and better in some ways it'll it'll have that old man voice that's kind of cool in a way yeah. you know? do you, i read that you want to do this till they kick you out basically you're 75 80 years old and you still want to be doing this it's i've i've told my wife many times that every job i have every job i have the super bowl the avalanche the uh viking every job i have I will have until someone comes to me and says, mm. you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, uh, like I said, I'm not going to jinx anything, here, which I'm famous for, but <laughs> I don't see that happening. Uh, come back, in one, one last segment here, uh, if you don't mind, Rose. You got a little more time? I do. Okay, good. Let's uh, let's finish up. We don't want to take all your afternoon, but uh, let's, let's take a break here. We'll uh, come back and... Third and final segment with Alan Roach, the uh, illustrious PA announcer for everything. Uh, Do that after the break here on the BSN Avalanche podcast. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. The biggest benefits of CBD are our, our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. 
Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wish I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. And welcome back to the third and final segment of the very special BSN Avalanche podcast. We have today for you uh, my guest, special guest, Alan Roach, Avalanche public address announcer, also the public address announcer for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think I asked you, Alan, the exact way that came about, but you, I've read that that has truly been your dream gig so far, without sliding anybody else, because oh, you're a Minnesota boy. You, yeah. You're calling Minnesota Vikings games 10 weekends a year or whatever it is, how many times they have there. Uh, how did that come about for you to get that gig? I, that's a weird thing. You still live in Denver, which people don't know. Yeah. yeah. People think you moved to Minnesota when that first happened. Some people got it wrong in the media. <clears throat> Not me, but no, actually, I did too. Uh, you commute to Minnesota on several weekends sometimes. Uh, how did this come about? When I was four years old, I started learning about the Vikings, and that was when the Vikings played in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. I don't remember oh, that wow. game. I remember my dad being very angry oh, for a couple of days the after the game. Six to five toss power trap game. Yeah, it's been a matriculate the ball down. Matriculate the ball down yeah. the field. Hey, boys. And, yeah, uh, yeah. But I do remember the other Super Bowls, the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Steelers. The Vikings yeah. lost them all, of course. Yeah. Um, but when I was four years old, I used to sit down in front of the TV that had rabbit ears that yeah, sometimes you had too. to hold on to one in me order too. to be able to see uh, through the I've snow. Been there, done that. Yep. Yep. And I would move my football cards around on the floor wherever the Vikings team was, and I had everything Vikings, and I loved the Vikings, and that was in my heart forever. And then, mm. you know, moved away, bounced around, radio, got the Rockies job, loved the Rockies. Um, uh, doing uh, the Avalanche, the Broncos. I mean, that was all great, doing Super Bowls and Olympics. And the excitement of those is just unbelievable. It's it's events that, you know, people only dream of going to. And I'm not only there, but I'm at every one, and I'm being paid, and I'm part of the show. Um, so just tremendous thrills. Um, by doing Super Bowls and other NFL events, I had met some front office okay. people from the Vikings and had told them, hey, gotcha. you know, I grew up, I love the Vikings, there's always a special place in my heart. And, you know, they would hear me do PA and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just one day they decided to call and say, is wow. there any way we can make this work? The only reason it did work is because I didn't, I wasn't at KOA again. Uh. I had left KOA the year before. They mm -hmm. called the shortly after that. and. Boy. And, and been a great again, I, I appreciate you saying not to slight anyone, and I don't yeah. slight the Broncos, and certainly not the Avalanche. And if it comes down yeah. to an Avalanche or a wild game right now, there's no question. I'm an Avalanche oh, okay. fan. I'm Avalanche all you. the way. Yeah. No, oh, Because the wild weren't there when I was no, there. No, now, no, if it were green. still the North the Stars, North Stars yeah, and okay. Lou Nanny, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe I'd no have a little worthy. more. But yeah. No, the, the, the Vikings were the one team that's mm. in my heart more than any other, and you asked if I ever got nervous. Mm. The most nervous, the most excited, the most mm. butterflies I've ever had was prior to doing the first game in Minnesota, which was a preseason football game in August, meant nothing to anyone, and I was a mess. Wow. 
That's great. <laughs> That's great, though. And you got through it, though. You, yep. uh, you, <laughs> and then got one inch away from announcing the Vikings in their uh, home stadium at a Super Bowl uh, last year, and we don't even want. Let's I not know, even go there. I know. I I do hope for that franchise to to win the damn thing. I I they had so many great players. Uh, Alan Page, Fran Tarkenton, Chuck Foreman, who finished his career as a Patriot, by the way. Yep. You know that's my team. Yep. Um, but ah, and so yeah, you are. You're traveling to Minnesota. That must be awesome. Do you, do you stay? And the Vikings uh, been really good with that too. In yeah. that, uh, all my family—I have brothers and sisters and family that live in Minnesota. Um, but the mm-hmm. the Vikings have allowed me to buy my own plane tickets. Okay. So if I want to fly on Thursday and stay with family a couple days and then do the game, come home. That's okay. great. If I want to fly in on Saturday night at nine o'clock do the game at noon the next day and fly out at 5 p.m., I do that. And they reimburse you. And they reimburse me for that, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, great. Uh, what a job. What, what, a, what, a, what a great thing to say. I to be able to, I, I mean, I can't imagine, <coughs> excuse me, I can't imagine if I could ever call a game at Fenway Park or something, what that must be like. Yep. So you've lived it. Uh, okay, let's, 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 let's finish up our podcast with some fun questions and stuff that are off the top of my head and, and a lot of readers who are thrilled that you're on this uh um we talked about your mount rushmore of events uh, let's go through some more of those events if you if you could uh off the top of your head or your uh, mount rushmore of of, of things you did events or things you've done people you've seen i mean i imagine you've been around a lot of rock stars behind the scenes yeah. a lot of famous people I mean, and that stuff, for me, for whatever reason, doesn't <laughs> no, really trip yeah. my trip. I, I, I see those people, and it's cool to see them, mm. but I'm afraid to talk to them. Because when yeah. I go talk to them, I can't say Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. You I, know. Know. I know. I'm but, the same like, way. Yeah. Chris Berman is a guy that I saw at so many different events, and he sought me out and huh. got me to start talking to him. And so now, every time I see Chris Berman in an airport yeah. or at an event, we sit down and talk for nice. five minutes. And, um, but yeah, it's it's hard for me to, to talk to people. I don't like that part. But as far as the Mount Rushmore, mm. it's 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 amazing. There's way more heads than they have in South Dakota, yeah. certainly. <laughs> we talked about one of them. Um, Eric Young, 88,000 yep. people, uh, yep. baseball. Uh, first game ever in Colorado, home run, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, first Pepsi Center game you ever did, right? That you called the very first game in the Pepsi Center, correct? Avalanche against Boston. Boston, right? Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Another another moment is Joe Sackick turning around, handing the cup mm-hmm. to Ray Bork. That happened 26 steps in front of me on the ice uh, as I was announcing the Stanley Cup. Yep. Just amazing. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Yep. T.J. Oshie in Russia in front of 18,000 Russians Mm -hmm. taking six or seven penalty shots whatever it was and the USA team beating Russia in Russia when I was one of 64 (laughs) Americans in the building and I had a microphone Mm -hmm. what an amazing moment that was Uh, David Tyree of the New York Giants catching the football on his helmet at midfield and the Giants went on and knocked the Patriots (laughs) you don't like that one okay well you'd like this one then the greatest Super Bowl of all time the Patriots coming back in Houston against the Atlanta Falcons from 28 to 3 and winning that game and watching that unfold and announcing every play in front of me as it did unfold the Minnesota Vikings last year against Uh, the New Orleans Saints the Minneapolis Miracle oh right 
Stefan Diggs catching the ball and running into the end. Because as as a Viking fan, we've seen our team lose like that seven times. Not not on a pass, but in some where there's only one possible thing that can kill you, and that's what happens. There was the hail mary or Roger Staubach to Drew Pearson. We've seen it seven times and always been on the wrong side. And last year, the Vikings were on the right side, and that was was truly amazing. Back from a flight at DIA, and we're just I was watching a just a, a, a. I was at a, I was in not in the bar. I don't drink much anymore. Uh, but I was watching at a bar and the DIA standing outside and everybody's just like, couldn't believe it. And uh, I, 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 I can't imagine. I still can't believe that play. Unbelievable. How did yeah. the Saints play that? Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. so the, 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 the Super Bowls, uh, all of them have to be in the Mesmer restaurant. I've been lucky in, in prior to me starting the Super Bowls, prior to 2006, most of the Super Bowls were 55 to 10 ugly right things. right but uh right. there's only been one or two of those since i've started uh, doing games so that's been nice mm. uh, another great moment for hockey fans uh two of them really mm. uh the gold medal hockey game in salt lake city between right. the usa and canada, canada. and joe sackick being the player of the game yep. um and yep. then in vancouver eight years later whatever it was eight years later i guess yeah in Vancouver, the USA and Canada in the gold medal game, right. and Canada wow. being ahead there two nothing for the whole game, and then uh, wow. with three minutes left, the USA gets a goal, and Forgot you kind of could hear the Canadians yeah. get a Zach little Parise. bit quieter, and then with yeah. under a minute left, they tie the game, yeah. and that place was silent, yeah. silent. Oh, so then there's an intermission; they clean the ice. And in Vancouver, we were sitting on the fifth level, uh-huh. up as high as you can by the uh-huh. roof. Yep. That's where my PA booth was. Yeah. When they, the two teams came out to start the overtime in the gold medal game, the place is filled. We're on the fifth level. When the referee threw the puck on the ice, you could hear the puck hit the ice. No one was making any noise in that building. The Canadians were terrified. And then, of course, Sidney Crosby wins it six minutes later. I really wish the Americans had won that game. But, yeah, no, that was, that was, what an event that was. You were there, too. Jeez. You're like the Zelig of sports right now. Uh, you're there at all the big events. So, um, yeah, and it's going to keep continuing. I'm sure you're going to put a lot more in that list. That sounds like a good list. Um, how about top players that you've ever loved to announce their names? If you had to say your top Mount Rushmore favorite names to have ever called. Just because just it was the first one, Dante. 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 And that, there's, a, there's another Mount Rushmore <clears throat> moment. First game okay. ever in Coors Field, Dante Bichette, 14th inning walk-off right. home run. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dante Bichette yeah. was was the greatest, and all those Rockies names were good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Andres Galarraga and yeah. Ellis Burks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Boston, <laughs> Daryl um, Boston. Oh my God! Uh, and yeah. then getting into the Avalanche to watch the Colorado Avalanche those first five years that I did PA for them. Good hockey, right? The, the, yeah, just an incredible yeah. team. They were the New York Yankees yeah. of hockey. Yeah. Um, and then the, the salary cap kind of changed all of that. But to be able to announce Peter Forsberg mm-hmm. and Adam Foote and Patrick Waugh <laughs> every night. And, a- and that was my, <laughs> you know, that was my favorite hockey name for okay. a long, long time right. was Patrick Waugh. I always liked your Joe Sackett, though. Joe Sackett! Yep. Had a little kick there yep. at the end. Yeah, I, I still that's why I call him when I see him a lot. You know, if I see him on the, if, I, if I'm talking to him on the phone, I'll usually go, Joe Sucker. Yeah, good, good. I'm gonna do that too <laughs> next time I see him. I saw him in the hallway the other day. He looks like he's getting younger. 
Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <clears throat> you got a son. Yeah, how old is he? 16. 16? How's his voice? Uh, normal. Normal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> normal voice. Okay. You'll never know. my might change. How often do, do you get noticed every single day by people from your voice alone? Like every single day? Or if you talk to anybody at a grocery store or anything? Like, does this happen every day? Or no? I've never been asked that before. And... <laughs> probably pretty close now yeah. <laughs> and it never used to i mean 12 years ago i would get recognized only for the rockies and maybe once mm-hmm. a month mm-hmm. and i i'm i've been amazed how in a grocery store someone can say hi how are you doing today good yeah do you want paper or plastic yeah plastic yeah, yeah, are you that. the rockies announcer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i still that's probably this one that they had the question i get most often still are you the rockies announcer and depending know. upon my mood sometimes i say nope yeah. <laughs> yeah. and other times i'll say well i used to be but i don't do that anymore do you get hit up all the time for people who want a little little 10 second voicemails i want you to make money off these now yeah but i need to do you get do nah. people hand you the phone and say i'm talking to roach a little bit here and there a okay. little bit here and there okay but yeah uh do you what are alan roach's hobbies away from uh what you do well, <laughs> what's the alan roach the private um, person like some of your things you do uh for, for i'm pretty I, I mow my own lawn okay i do my own landscaping Oh really? Uh, if something breaks in my house, I want to do it myself. Okay. Um, I love not not uh, not sports computer mm. games, but I like strategy computer games. I can sometimes I I can spend forty hours in a week playing a computer game. No. Um, I play a lot of chess online though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, frustrating game. I, I, I like kind of war type games or uh, combat type games. <clears throat> not not shoot 'em up games, more thinking games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like risk, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah. and and I and I do a lot of traveling, so I don't have a lot of free yeah. time. I mean I spend time with my family and my, my beautiful wife, whatever mm-hmm. I can and mm-hmm. love to go out to dinner. I'm a I'm a foodie and that's why traveling is great. I get to go to great restaurants all over the world mm-hmm. and uh, I love doing that. Mm. But just just kind of a, a normal low-key guy i think yeah you're not a pretentious guy at all you uh i've you know i've been around you for 20 something years now and i you know we've interacted but i'm i'm probably like you too right? i don't really love to small talk with people a lot uh but you have to it's, in a way right yeah, and, uh, yeah, and i know yeah. i probably should have talked to you more over the years but i i'm an you, you're I, always going you're always what i find in this business is you you, you mentally you think you've got time for people but you don't you, yeah. you're always coming yeah. and going you're always moving around you don't have time to really sit and talk to anybody and I never learned in my mm. and it would have helped me in my career probably if I did seek out if I saw somebody you know in in the National Hockey League or, or you know somebody that mm. I should go talk to someone that could mm. help my career I need to go introduce well, myself to them I not really you did that with Frank Sebovitz I, yeah, I did. That was the one. You did that with the Rockies pestering for, for that job. So sure. it sounds like you get what you want, but you don't. 
you know, you're like, you're like me, you don't, you're not a, you don't love the small talk aspects of, some people are just great networkers and stuff like yeah. that. And I, I like going to a party and being at a party okay. with a bunch of people, but I'm the guy standing in the corner. Hmm. And when people come and talk to see, me, I then would, I open up and I, I talk. I would think you'd be, see, but I, you'd I, have so much fun with your voice. I never, I never seek out conversations. I would probably be the guy with your voice at the party going, just have fun with Hey, you over there. Well, you'd be surprised how often that happens when I don't mean to. Like, thankfully, right here, say, there's not you people around. Do scare people with your voice sometimes? It's oh, pretty... I'm sure. Yeah. God, uh, uh, <laughs> like Rod Smith. Is. Rod Smith of the Broncos used to give me that all the time. <laughs> I bet you scare the crap out of your kids <laughs> you every day. You'd be a great principal yeah. or something. Yeah. Call, hey, I want to see you in my office now. Yeah. That'd be a great role for you. Uh Roach, I've kept you for 75 minutes here. Uh, really? Yeah. So, I, we both got things to do. Uh, you're headed to Minnesota tomorrow, right? Yep, Vikings and Dolphins. Okay. Two teams in the playoff hunt. Uh, that's right. Well, uh, well, great. I can't tell you. I, I, I'm sure there's a million more questions I, I missed, but... Uh, Let's do this it again has been down good. The road. Yeah, we'll do it again maybe down the road. Uh, Avalanche fans love you. I think you're part of the Avalanche identity, really. Uh, even though you didn't do those first few years, I think most people think you did. <laughs> so, like I did. And yeah. uh, Sean Moth. Sean Moth, that's right. That guy, Sean. Sean. I thought you came in earlier than that. And the I'll reason swear. I got the Avalanche job the is Sean Moth accepted an assistant uh, athletic director job at Louisville oh, and told okay. the Avalanche he was leaving, and then that's when they called me. Okay, I should have asked that earlier, how you got the actual Avs gig. Uh, oh, that's right, okay. And uh, uh, it continues on for you. You've got a re- website, alanroach.net. People can, people can, can if I want to hire you for anything, uh, could I do that? Do you have a yeah, system where... there's a little spot on the website spot. where you can, okay. uh, it'll shoot me an Personal email and I'll get right back to you. Voiceover work, whatever they want. Okay, yeah. Telephone uh, systems, weddings. Mm-hmm. We didn't even sports. talk about DIA. You've been the voice of DIA. Hold there was some on, controversy. Please. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on, please. You are. Def- <laughs> That's gone now. I know. That was that politically was correct world, yes. man. I know. It's too rough and. Tumble. Oh, I don't know how many times I've been on that air, that bus, uh, that train though, and and just cursed at people who do that. Yeah. And I always thought. Yes, Roach just you told him off. You are delaying the departure of this train. I, you know, I've traveled a million gazillion miles too, and, I, and that and that just annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> get in the train. Yep. Don't clog the doors. Yeah. And it's not just you. You have to get your backpack in too. I by know. The way. You're gonna set off the sensor if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a contest for a while that says we might want a new voice of DIA. You want in a landslide to keep the gig, correct? I don't know if it was a landslide, but I kept the gig. You kept the gig, and that. I read that you think it's a really important gig for you. You love the gig. You didn't want to lose that. You were kind of pissed off when they were thought. I get uh, more comments, not people recognizing me, but mm-hmm. I'm surprised that mm-hmm. sitting here, my mm-hmm. phone hasn't beeped once from a friend, someone that's mm-hmm. it, that just said, hey, you just told me to watch out for the doors on the train, or mm-hmm. you just welcomed me home. I get more comments about okay. the train than anything else that, that I do. probably per capita does get you more listens than almost anything you've done, except for the Super Bowl games. How many uh, millions of people go through the every airport? Every day. And yeah. They hear you every single yeah. morning. Yep. I, I, I've heard it for 20-something years, and I, I didn't want to see it go either. Somebody, I know Del Arcao had it, too. Somebody uh, had written some the, a little article about me and, and had kind of tried to figure out how many millions of people that 
have heard my voice, have no idea who I am, but whether you're listening to the Super Bowl and you hear me announce the anthem or you're at the airport or whatever, and then I don't remember what the number was that he came up with, but it was like, wow. <laughs> Are there that many people in the world? Um, so that, that's pretty cool. And it, I, it's only going to continue to grow, I, mean, I bet, man. Especially with the damn Madden game coming out. I mean, my own son is going to hear you now every day. Yeah. Uh, uh, Roach, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for doing this. Uh, we really, it was long overdue uh, for me to ask to have you on a podcast, but uh, thanks so much. Uh, I guess we'll see you at an Avalanche game soon. I will anyway. Uh, fans can hear him on the weekend, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, gosh, I guess I was going to ask for some cheesy way to, but I'm not going to be that guy to make you do a call. How about we finish it with Let's go avalanche! <laughs> yes! We just startled everybody at the Starbucks drive through here. We're sitting outside. That's a great way to end the podcast, Alan. That's a great way to end it. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening, folks. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast. This is the most memorable one I've ever done, so thank you for listening. See you soon. Awesome. <laughs>